Chapter 5 The Milkman Ava ducked under the iron of a construction worker's hammer and scuttled past the group of burly compeers. Rows of men worked tirelessly along the shipyard, the women fetching supplies and delivering refreshments to them. Sweat, musk, industry, and the smell of the sea reigned supreme. Gulls sat lazily upon the pillars, watching the leagues of people toil to bring the destroyer to life, one section at a time. The air was thick with tobacco, and a chill bit at the skin. This did not seem to bother most of the men, however, as many still preferred to work in grimy tank tops. Ava approached the foreman's station, a long table tucked away underneath an awning with a blocky piece of machinery welded just behind it. Five needles lay at rest behind a wall of glass, and five thick cables housed within a quarter of an inch of rubber led down from the machine and out of sight. Affixed to the outside of the telegraph were five dials for relaying encoded messages. A graying woman with frizzled hair held down by a small black cap barely looked up from her work as Ava approached. She was irritant, like most people in positions of power. Need something, compare? The woman asked as she stamped a sheet of paper with a thick red brand and moved on to the next. Yes, I am looking for Dirk Oral, she said. Mm-hmm. I'll take a look in one minute. Wait there. Ava nodded and stepped to the right of the desk with a cluster of four other compeers, who shuffled to make room for her beneath the awning. One minute turned to five, to ten, and eventually twenty before the foreman finally called for Ava. Dirk Oral was recommissioned to the chum hall. You know the way? Nodding, Ava saluted her thanks before disappearing into the shipyards. Oral had not been in a good mood since the execution of his friend, and working in the chum hall was certainly not going to help put him in a better one. Ava walked along the wharves until she eventually smelled the chum hall. One could not miss the place. The smell was so repugnant. It reeked of harsh chemicals, intermingled with ammonia and rotting flesh. Wrinkling her nose, Ava shooed a cluster of gulls from her path, the birds squawked as they took flight, circling over the dead whale before landing on the other side. Oversized cauldrons rested aloft large fires, bubbling with a bronze liquid, bloated bubbles forming at the surface before bursting across the broken cobblestone and the men who stirred the rancid mixture. A thick, goggled man nodded toward Ava, parts of his beard missing from past oil burns a thick leather apron protecting him from the worst of it. Just past him was the carcass of another horned whale so common to their northerly waters. More men sawed at its twisted horn. Once the whale had used it as a weapon and tool to find mates, but now it would serve the needs of man. Others hacked at the corpse from the outside, stripping the whale of all parts that could be of use. The ever-opportunistic gull landed on the top of the whale to scavenge what strips of meat it could. A shot rang out, causing the bird to ruffle its feathers but otherwise indignantly remain. Darn Caleb, called one of the men. You keep missing and they're gonna gift themselves the whole whale. I got it double good, the boy called back, raising a musket. Taking a breath in, he fired this time, hitting the whale. Double good, eh? <laughs> it looks like it's on holiday. Ruffled its feathers, maybe, 
the men chuckled. The gull hopped a step back and shook its body with an accusatory shriek as two more gulls landed atop the whale and joined the feeding frenzy. The boy, Caleb, flushed and began to hastily reload, muttering to himself as he rammed the bearing down the barrel. Let me see, Mava said. No, the boy said. This is my job given by the prime. All unbird, watch. Give her the weapon, compere, jeered the men. You shoot as good as a woman anyways. <laughs> and to be clear, the Lord Prime assigned you to help us, which you are less good at. The boy flushed. Ava raised an eyebrow, and Dern Caleb begrudgingly handed the musket to her. Let me show you, she said, drawing a bead on the bird. It cocked its head and looked at her curiously as if to say, here we go again. Your less good shot is because you fired while breathing. That's why it went high, she said. Steady yourself. This barrel top will work just fine. Almighty knows these muskets weigh 20 pounds, so every bit helps. Next, check the wind. Ava licked her finger and held it up. And adjust accordingly. Lastly, softly squeeze the trigger, like you love. Ava paused, carefully choosing her next words. Like you're looking to hit the target. Hold your breath and... Ava fired. The lock released and a bezel of light spouted into her face, followed by plumes of smoke. The smoke always came first and in such thick clouds it made it impossible to see. But one could not move for the bearing always fired last. Ava endured the burning heat as stray sparks stung her face waiting half a second for the bearing to release in a shower of flames and smog. The birds took flight from their friend in a flurry of feathers as their defiant comrade fell to the ground in a clump. Practice that and you'll be double most good, she said, handing the weapon back to the wide-eyed boy. Oh boy, one of the men said, and that wasn't even a blunderbuss. <laughs> Girls got talent. There was a light clap from the men who watched, and some teasing as Ava hurried around to the front of the whale. Idiot! Ugh, you're such an idiot! Get it together, Ava! You almost said love! What is wrong with you? It had only been about a year since her father and mother had decided to tell Ava the totality of her father's part in the resistance. A year since they had told her there were no secrets in the family, and if she wished to report them, they would, of course, still love her. Increasingly, Ava was finding it more difficult to keep her words separate. Love was the right word in the moment, but she had to use the imprecise language of code speak and had to pretend she did not know the old language for fear of facing an inquisition from the ministry. Her compeers would turn her in if she said anything different. Anyone would, for the Lord Ascendant decreed anything else to be a blasphemy of the deep. But if her parents could keep their words separate, and so could she. The front of the whale's mouth was held open by two timber staves, a rarity this far north, while the tongue had been cut out and the throat reinforced with the orange glow of an oil light seeping from within the beast. Clasping a hand over her mouth, Ava stepped into the fetid environment and began winding into the belly of the beast. Cramped within were two workmen wearing similar cloaks to the men outside thick smears of oil and mucus coating their faces. They worked by the din of an oil lamp 
and used crude tools to cut free thick veins of fat from within. Dirk Oral lifted his goggles and smiled broadly. Dirk Ava, what a most good surprise. To what do I owe the honor? Father, I came to let you know the milkman's gift came today. Mother knows you find it refreshing and asked me to deliver it with your lunch. Well, I'd prefer not to eat in here, Oral said with a sniffle. Karen Bruno, could I? Yeah, yeah. Karen Bruno waved without so much a look at Oral or Ava. That's why I like him, Oral whispered as they exited the whale. He doesn't talk much and doesn't care much either. I could say I was planning to unmother him, and it wouldn't faze him. Do you think he's dull? Ava asked as they neared the wharf's edge where they could talk alone. Maybe, Oral said. But remember, dull doesn't mean dumb. Yes, father. Here. Wiping away a layer of viscous liquid from his hands, which Ava didn't wish to identify, Oral took the bottle and raised it to inspect. The smell from the chum hall clung to her father like flies to a wound, although he seemed not to care. A bold smile crossed the ridges of his face, and Oral's eyes lit up in excitement. The milkman, you say? Did I ever tell you milk is the old symbol for abundance and prosperity? Many times, Ava said, rolling her eyes. Mother said it would make you feel better. Let us see, then. Oral popped the lid from the glass and downed the cream, wiping the white mustache once he was done. Smashing the bottle on the ground, Oral kicked the most offensive shards into the sea. From his mouth, he pulled out a piece of fabric and unfolded the small parcel. Inked into the fabric were the words, Escaped. Owl. Cirrus made it, Oral breathed. I suspected as much, but this is the best news of the day. Tell me, did my dear wife actually send you with lunch? Uh, no, Ava said. She actually said, your father needs some cheering up. All his moping is making that new jacket look sad. But if he thinks I'm going to let him share my bed any sooner, he has another thing coming. <sighs> A man can hope, I suppose, Oral sighed. Well... I'd best get back to work before the boss decides to do more than just glare at me. Across the way, a burly man glowered in their direction. Dressed in overalls and possessed of a foul-looking temper, the boss impatiently tapped his foot. I will see you tonight, my treasure. Father, that is gross. Daughter works, Ava works. Deep ones, even Dirk Ava works. But treasure, really... That is almost as bad as mother saying, my heart. You will have to excuse the dotings of a father, dear. One day you will understand. I hope not, Ava huffed, crossing her arms. Anyways, see you after your shift. And where are you off to? Dirk Oral asked. Nothing much. Just going to pick up gifts for Pax Nomas from the market. Ava smiled. I know you said you weren't going to the festival, but someone from the house Dirk should, you know to keep up a good front. Besides, I think I know just what color Githfranz will like. It's powder blue, Oral said after a long pause. Try not to have too much fun. You neither, Ava winked with a glance back at the whale's carcass, before pecking her father on the cheek and hurrying away. Dirk Oral frowned, a faint ache gripping his heart. Almighty knew he could see it, 
Gith Franz tried to hide it out of respect for the old man, but with Ava, she was like an open book. She was infatuated with the man, and in exactly one month, she would be married away at the Lord Prime's directive. My treasure, if I could move earth and sea, storm and fury, I would, to see you choose your happiness. Githrons, really, I didn't know he had other siblings, the man said to the little girl. It's double less good to talk about me, the girl sniffed. Well, I see why, the doorman said, stroking his beard. One second and I'll retrieve the lad. Gith Marcus? Who would have guessed him to be whoring? The doorman slipped into the building, as the blonde-haired girl Ava had hired patiently waited at the front of the factory. Eventually, Franz's familiar form peeked out from the door, closing it behind himself with a confused look. Excuse me? I don't think... He began, only for the girl to point to the alley where Ava safely hid. Ava watched as the homeless child skipped away with the day's serving of bread in her pockets, which Ava had used to persuade her to such a task, and Franz strode toward her. Checking both ways, he waited for a carriage to pass, saluting the minister who rode within, and then crossed into the shadows. Once he was close enough, Ava leapt out of her hiding spot, brandishing her knife. Franz tapped the blade with the flat of his palm, touching the metal to ribbon. Get Franz, Ava smiled, narrowing her eyes. Dirk, Ava, what are you doing? We're in broad daylight. You can't just go around trying to stab me, Franz hissed. Come on, Franz, no one saw. Lighten up. But Franz just rolled his eyes and crossed his arms impatiently, which Ava noticed with a lingering gaze made his biceps bulge quite nicely. Franz didn't look too happy but passions of the Almighty, his frown sure made his jawline stand out. What are you doing here? he hissed. No one's supposed to meet in daylight, no less at our places of occupation. Seriously, Ava said, rolling her eyes. You're beginning to sound a lot like my father. Maybe that's because he's right, Franz whispered, double-checking the alley. It's secure, Ava said. I bribed some of the orphans to signal us if any trouble comes our way. Up above on the rooftops, a little boy's head popped over the side as he flashed a thumbs up. See? You trust them? Franz asked. Sort of. I mostly trust a hungry belly, Ava shrugged. And we both know Wintertide is the worst for them. That's fair. But couldn't you have come up with a better story for Ernst Alexander? Perhaps one that didn't suggest my father to be a rake? Probably, Ava said but I know how quickly you respond to questions of your family's honor. <sighs> what do you want, Ava? Franz growled, crossing his arms and rounding his shoulders. Wait, are you mad? Ava asked. It was just a joke. I'm not upset about that. Although, I would prefer a different story next time. No, Ava, I just can't fathom, of all things under the heavens, why you can't comprehend that a dead man is hanging under the clock tower, one, I might add, who is tied very closely to us. The city is crawling with black coats right now, and you decide that now is an appropriate time to visit me at work? I just thought, Ava, did you think? Ava frowned. Franz was red in the face, 
and had dark rings beneath sunken eyes. Get Franz. You're never like this, Ava said. What happened? Franz searched Ava's gaze before finally hanging his head against the wall, violently kicking the siding. They came last night and took Curtis away in chains. <gasps> oh no, Ava gasped, reaching her hand out to him. I'm so sorry. What happened? Curtis went to market when we all told him to leave it alone. But no, my big brother has always been the family's protector. He made a big stink about how unfair it was, what they had done in confiscating our textiles without a gift in return. Anyways, the black coats have him and I mixed up somehow. They think he was the Gith brother in cohorts with the Shields of Valor. I should have done something to save him, but I let him go in my place. <sighs> and they call me an ascendant. Franz snorted. I'm just another coward. Don't say such things, Franz. You are an ascendant, and that's why you couldn't sacrifice yourself. You are more valuable to the shields than half the resistance put together. Besides, if you said anything, they would have arrested your whole family. That's how these things go. Franz grunted, but didn't offer an argument in return. I have to go back in, Ava. What do you need? Actually, considering what all you told me, I think you're more in need of this than I. Franz raised an eyebrow. I have an offer, Ava said. I'm going to cut down Krebs tonight during Pax Nomus and give him a hero's funeral like in the days of old, with or without you. You're crazy, Dirk Ava. You can't pull that off, Franz said, shaking his head. I can't. Not alone, anyways. Too bad you're the only person I'm asking for help. You are not really leaving me a choice, Franz said. Almighty above and below. Do you even have a plan? Mostly, Ava winked. It will be grand, just the revenge you and I both need. I don't know whether to be happy or scared, Durkava, Franz said, massaging his temples. Both, Ava offered as she walked away. Either way, meet me in the commons just before the Lord Prime's speech. I'll wear blue. But Ava, Franz called, everyone wears blue. True, it's a good thing I'm one of a kind then. She clapped, signaling to the orphans that they were free to go. Franz shook his head as Ava turned out of the alleyway and pulled the hood of her jacket up so that the fur trim obscured her face. She certainly has a confidence about things. And a walk, Franz noticed, for the first time since meeting the young woman. What are you thinking, Gith Franz? Don't be unreasonable, especially considering... Well, some things were better off left alone. He was on a path which would make any hope of compatibility with Dirk Ava an impossibility. Turning back for the factory, Franz stumbled, caught off guard by the little shape darting in front of him. Instinctively, reaching for the blade at his belt, Franz let go of the handle, leaving the knife sheathed. An orphan inspected him curiously. The youth was of dark skin, and had smudges of grime along his skin. A recent scab on his knuckles was suggestive of the boy's temperament. Can I aid you? Franz asked. She said you had a gift of milk, the boy stated. Milk? Franz asked. What in the world, Ava? I didn't stutter, the boy said. Gift for a gift. Groaning, Franz ruffled locks of his golden hair. She hadn't even paid him first? 
Yes, you did a more good job, Franz said. Wait here, I'll be right back.